Welcome to the IEEE Rebooting Computing Podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. In this episode, we had the opportunity to talk with Anastasia Budko, postdoctoral fellow at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Anastasia has a background in classical computing, but spends the majority of her time working in quantum. She discusses how that came to be, why she believes classical devices will still be in use in the next 10 or 15 years, and when she thinks quantum computers will be useful for the public. What computing technologies do you believe will be the most prevalent in the next 5, 10, and even 15 years? On my opinion, uh, it's going to be changing a lot in the future, but um, as we're talking about those short-term five years, it's it's unlikely that uh, much will change in terms of computing. I I believe that we'll still be um, we'll still be using uh, our classical uh, experience, our classical devices. Um, they may be changing in terms of architecture. And as we had for um, for GPUs, for um, uh, this kind of accelerators, we may have different accelerators integrated in those uh, classical systems. But in general, the um, most of the devices, I believe, will stay uh, as we as we have them now. A lot has been written about the end of Moore's law. Have we reached it yet? Or what do you think the future of Moore's law looks like? As I said, I'm at the early career, but but as an early career scientist, um, I did decide that. I would like to contribute a lot to the quantum computing, even so I have a background in classical computing. So Moore's law is about the classical, right? Uh, And I guess a lot of people at their early career, they look around trying to find some alternative technologies they they can contribute, because honestly, there is not a lot of space in classical uh, computing anymore to contribute. So I guess it's changing, and uh, I'm talking about uh, my opinion and why. Wh- what actually pushed me to look around and um, trying to find uh, the place where I can contribute mostly. Quantum computing is on the rise. So what do you see as the future of quantum, and when do you believe it will become available to the public? So uh, it's a very interesting question. So I will start from the end. Uh, when it's going to be available for the for the public, um, I guess um, it's already available. Um, as we can see, a lot of uh, big industry uh, leaders like uh, IBM, Google, and uh, Intel, and all kind of different uh, startups, uh, they all. Uh, provide uh, an access, a cloud access to their uh, computing devices. So actually anyone can go and uh, run their algorithms and you don't have to be a, uh, to be a, a government lab employee uh, to run them. So it's already available. So the, the, I, I think the question you should ask is uh, when it's going to be useful for the public. And um, I don't see that happening soon uh, because of because of the size of the quantum uh, uh, devices. Um, 
So the, the first, the, the, how did the question start is uh, what's going to be the future of quantum? So I see it's going to be, uh, as I said at the beginning, a, a quantum accelerator. It's going to be the same way we did with the GPUs. Uh, it's going to be connected to the, to the classical system, and it's going to solve uh, some particular sub-problems, um, and it's going to send back the answer uh, to the regular application. And uh, at this point, when those accelerators, quantum accelerators, will solve the problems that classical uh, computing devices cannot solve, it's going to be useful for uh, public. Thank you for listening to our interview with Anastasia Butko. Discover more about the IEEE Rebooting Computing Initiative and listen to other podcasts in this series by visiting our web portal at rebootingcomputing.ieee.org.